This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast and uh, another special show tonight. Yes, uh, we're continuing our wonderful and great fun to do series, The 50 Years of Chelsea, which started uh, about the same time as the first lockdown when we ran out of football to talk about, really. So we came up with this idea and we started in 19, we started in the year 1969 to 70 when Chelsea won the FA Cup. And uh, we've been we've been doing them. We did a whole lot in one go, and then we've been doing them sporadically since then. And a lot of people have told us how much they like them. And uh, tonight we're going to do 1998 to 1999, which is quite a favourite season of mine. Uh, and I'm of course Stamford Chidge, and as ever, I have the wonderful Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Lovely to be on the show, and um, looking forward to a season that uh, I was unbelievably enthusiastic about. And I went to, to nearly every league game this season home and away and I, um uh, yeah, yeah that's what i mean yeah. that's what i mean Chidge. i would have said i missed all the away games if i had did you go to majorca no no I, but i, I didn't, so you didn't get to... all of them then no 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 i said every league game oh okay all right all right, all right. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You, no, did. I went to... you did to be oh, fair I, I went to a mass of um of away of european games as well but i and uh and, and fa cup and league cup but uh, the league games where I was utterly consistent because I was thought we were going to win it. I was convinced. Yeah, me too. We'll get on to that later. We'll get on to it. Yes, we? and uh, I'm delighted to say uh, that we have with us tonight the brains of another, uh, you know, of an otherwise no-brain outfit. Uh, the wonderful Mark Meehan, who is an encyclopedia of Chelsea knowledge. If he doesn't know it, then nobody would. So there you go. Like, lovely to see you, Mark. We've been looking forward to this. For a long time, haven't we, doing this one? We we have indeed. I think we've postponed it on a few occasions. So, yes, looking forward to it this evening. A season of, you know, what might have been. Yes. The hope that kills you, uh, I think, was, uh, as a term, was devised for this season. But, again, we'll get on to that. Um, Now, before we kick off, uh, just a quick reminder, because this is a show where I don't like to do 
you know, the usual plugs. Obviously, I leave that to the, the normal Monday shows, apart from this one, because I think it's quite pertinent, because we've put a lot of time and effort into doing these particular shows, slightly different from the normal ones. Uh, and uh, if you do like them, if you approve of what we do, uh, you can uh, you can thank us with, with money. It's that simple. Uh, but not a lot. Not a lot of money. Pennies would be fine. But we've got a Patreon account, as you probably all know by now. In fact, there are probably people yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who also know this. But uh, as I said, uh, for a few quid a month, uh, it helps me to carry on doing what we do. So uh, you can donate whatever you want per show, per month, really, actually, rather than per show. And uh, it's at patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And uh, if you do do that, then I will send you in the post a mini Carrie Dixon banner. And of course, uh, you get access privileges to our Discord group, which is great fun, particularly on a match day when it all goes a bit mental. So there you go. Now, um, we always start these shows with a fashion uh, piece, really. I suppose you could call it that. Uh, and uh, I can, t- well, so basically we talk about the kits because we, we all love some of these older kits, you see. And uh, I, have to t- I have to inform you that uh, the kit in 1998, 1999, the home kit, is exactly the same as it was in 1997, 98. So I'm not going to talk about that too much. It was a two-year thing then, wasn't it? Was it was a two-year yeah. thing. I think, weren't they officially supposed to keep it for two years? It wasn't that passed by the FA. I don't time. know. You may well be right. You may well be right. I, I there, was don't a lot, there were lots of complaints about football um, uh, being too expensive for people and the, the venality of the, the greed of the clubs. By, I like uh, that, the venality of the clubs. Yeah, I thought I ought to explain what it meant, though. I suddenly oh. thought, oh, I'm not sure I know what I'm talking about. Um, Greedy. So, um, Greed, indeed, greed, the greed of the clubs was it was. I remember highlighted in the press as being uh, they're, they're excluding um, children in particular by forcing them to uh, not that you'd be forced to buy a kit, but you you uh, parents wanted to buy them for them kits that were unbelievably expensive. And I thought that the the I thought the uh, the powers that be got involved and said it had to be every two years because the clubs wanted to do it every every year but as now nobody cares and it's every every year plus changes as much as possible isn't it you get um you get new kits what was that bizarre kit we came up with chelsea came up with recently with with uh some as if somebody had drawn on it with i, felt- I don't think that was real though because they didn't wear it it was just that was just wank to fleece unsuspecting idiots wasn't it no, but that's the point well, i'm making that now that it was the- never a kit that was worn no no but it, but it no but nonetheless it's still something that i'm sure would have been frowned upon. but would never have happened in i think there's a difference between kit and merch and i think that, okay, okay. that was merch. Yeah, that was merch okay, for me still, a kit is it's something still a kit You'll still get a kid, though, looking at it, thinking, well, Daddy, I want that, I want that. Even more even more venal of the clubs in that in that case. Indeed. Now, listen, so we've got the same blue kit, which I, I kind yeah. of like. It's all right. It's not, one of my, it. it's not one of my favourites, I'll be honest with you, but it's all right. But I have Chid, to say... Can I make a remark, though, this about it? Sorry to interrupt you again. I actually think the colour of this kit was slightly different. No, I agree. It's too light. I think it was, no, 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 no. The previous season, it was even lighter. I don't. I thought it was slightly different this year. I thought they somehow they darkened it a bit. It looked slightly more Chelsea blue. Oh, this is is this in my mind? Mm, I think it's in your mind because it's, it's the same kit. It's the same I kit. And I and it is. We. I remember we talked about it on the ninety seven ninety eight show. And said it's not blue enough. It's too. It's too light. No, no, no. It's still too yeah, light. Yeah, I agree. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, it's all right because they more than made up with it uh, with some two absolutely gorgeous and beautiful away kits. And I think. Unusually, we've now got a third away kit. Well, not unusually, it's not as if it hasn't happened before, but there is a wonderful all-white uh, kit with blue trimmings. And uh, the other one, the uh, the third away kit, is uh, 
is a beautiful yellow kit with again dark you know kind of navy blue trimmings as modeled as modeled tonight for those of you listening in black and white <laughs> by uh, mr mark Meehan. and it does it's bloody marvelous mate isn't it and who's your sign by it's signed by our captain dennis wise there we go who had, you know, who had I'm amazed he reached that. I'm, I'm amazed he reached that high up to sign it, mate. That's that's impressive. <laughs> it's got a lovely little collar. That's what I like about it as well, isn't it? The uh, the little um, black and white collar that goes with the uh, the rest of the um, the yellow. It's just it's it's navy an, blue, it, mate. It, sorry, I'm so sorry. Of course, it's navy blue. It's uh, it's an exceptional kit, Judge. Absolutely agree with you. They both both away kits were, yeah. and I was fond of the first. So I thought there was a good season for. The kit. Yeah, I, re- I, I, I honestly, mate, I love, I love those two away kits. Always have done. So, uh, I'm very jealous of the fact Mark's got one. And I know because Mark was on Twitter earlier and he uh, was posting that. And uh, there's a lot of people who've got those kits signed as well, which is really good. So there we go. So we approve of the kits, uh, which is always a good start to the show. <clears throat> there have been shows when we've disapproved of them entirely. So this is a good start tonight. Now uh, we always, all, of course, always start with the uh, ins and outs. And uh, it was a fairly busy, uh, you know, summer. Um, of course, the the main headlines were the fact that we bought uh, Pierre Luigi Casiraghi from Lazio for five point four million, and uh, also Brian Laudrup, uh, who came from Rangers for a free, because of course Bosman is now in full effect. We also got uh, Albert Albert Ferrer uh, from Barcelona for two point two million, and Mikel Forsell came uh, to us for free from Helsinki. And the other massive, mahusive signing was Marcel Desai, who came in from AC Milan for 4.6 million. And uh, Luca Picassi came in from Atlanta for free. And Robert Wollaston uh, was promoted from Duyouf. Uh Out went David Rowcastle, which is always, I always, I always get sad when I think of David Rowcastle. Uh, Rude Hullet officially retired, although, of course, Chelsea had retired him some months earlier. I'll say no more about that. Uh, Danny Granville went to uh, Leeds for 1.6 million. Nick Colgan went to Bournemouth for free. Mark Steen, Steeny went to uh, Bournemouth for free. Uh, the right honourable Mark Hughes MBE uh, transferred to Southampton for 650 grand. And dear old uh, Frank Sinclair went to Leicester for 2 million. So it was a very busy summer. Now, I, I, I'm going to talk to Mark about this first, JK. But the first thing I'm going to say is... I had for completely forgotten about Luca Picassi, and I kind of thought, who is this guy? Is he some character from The Godfather or something? Lu- Luca Picassi sleeps with the fishes. I forgot completely about this bloke. Remind me of Luca Picassi. He was a 17-year-old we signed from Atlanta, but I think he only made, I think, one appearance for Chelsea. So it's a very, very brief Chelsea career. Yeah, yeah blimey. There we go. I felt it was an attempt to get as many Italian players in the club as possible. Well, the, so the problem was with the, with the Viali influence at the club. Yeah, he he probably yeah. was was shopping in Italy. And if you think, as well as bringing Casaraghi in, yeah, he brought Desai in from AC Milan. So, yeah, they they'd gone shopping in Italy, and probably on the way back, they probably stopped off in Atlanta and picked up the young lad Luca Picassi as one for the future. But again, you know, I think he, I said I think he only played one game. Yeah, I don't. We'll probably talk about him on a future show. Uh, as an out when he leaves to join an Italian club in the third division. Yeah, yeah he did. He did crop up. I think it was in a, in a worthless cup match. But there you go. I mean, Mark, you you made a very interesting point, which I didn't really understand when you sent me your notes on on this year, which yeah. is um, you reckon that had we not parted ways with Hullet, um, 
the you know the the previous season you you kind of it's kind of I'm not sure if it was a question or not. he said would Chelsea have afforded these players and I'm not really sure what you meant by that it's the point Colin Hutchinson made the point um that when they were negotiating with Hull at the previous season clearly Chelsea when they do their transfers um for many years have been forward looking and I think they were very much looking to the future and really looking to spend big which clearly although it doesn't sound a lot now 12.2 million wouldn't get you much these days, but that was a massive transfer window, you know, and two massive players. And the point Colin Hutchinson and Ken Bates made at the time was with Hullet wanting 3.5 million, you know, net, not gross, um, uh, that would have impacted on Chelsea's transfer expenditure in the summer. So it was either pay the manager or buy less players. Right. I think subsequently he would have played a, a different style of football as well to, uh, to Viali. So, uh, um, it'll be interesting to know. We'll never find out who who decided that. Um, obviously, well, we, we will find out. Obviously, uh, um, Luca was involved in it in selling Hughes. I mean, I thought selling Hughes to to Saints was was a season too soon. Actually, I thought Hughes had had a wonderful season the year before, and um, and Kazaragi. I will debate this. Was not the replacement I was hoping he would be. Yeah, and, and, I mean, it, there was a lot of hopes. Well, I mean, it's. I mean, I know. You, I mean, let's not. Let's not. You know, suffer from premature ejaculation. If you see what I mean. Cause no, I thought I'd give you a hint. I know. No, because I mean, we're gonna. The the, the Kasaragi story is, I think, one of the the features of this season, and actually, as is the Loudrop one. And I think the point here, J.K., out of all of these signings, weirdly, uh, I was. I, I didn't really know much about Alba Ferrer, to my shame. Uh, I knew about Desai. I mean, he was he was brilliant as a midfield player, wasn't he? When uh, Milan won the European Cup with um, old Fabio in charge, I think, wasn't he? Um, so I kind of knew about Desai, but yeah, you know, great, got defender. I was very excited by... I was more excited about Brian Laudrup turning up at the club uh, than I was Kassiragi. And that's possibly because I'm an idiot, you know, because basically he was at the end of his career and he'd been playing for Rangers. But the the, the name Laudrup, the Laudrup brothers had been two of the, the best footballers in Europe. And I was just so excited about that. Well, you and me both. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 uh, I tell me when, if, if I'm speaking out of turn, I just, um, uh, I think the players like Kazaragi immensely, but um, uh, my, my whole um, failure to understand what went on in this season was the fact that Viali only played himself sp- sporadically. That's a good tease, because, I, I mean, actually, funnily enough, that's a question I was going to ask more towards the end of the show, and there's a very good reason for that. Mark, the interesting thing about all of this was that, um, you know, we, we just mentioned Desai there, and the, the, I think this whole season is is really set against the backdrop of, you know, what had happened in the summer, which was the France 98 World Cup, you know, England had done relatively well with dear old Glenda, uh, who had been our manager hitherto. And, of course, France had won it. And, and, and suddenly, I mean, th- this is what really excited me, actually, was the fact that we were going to have, you know, effectively the World Cup, the world champions defence as our defence. Frank Leboeuf and, Mar- and uh, Marcel Desai. And I thought, I, I thought, well, that's fucking fantastic. <laughs> I was just so chuffed about that. No, I'd, I'd agree. I think if you look at it, I, I, I would agree that Laudrup was probably the most exciting signing, but he didn't cost any money. Kazaragi was the most expensive, and at the time, it was a record fee for Chelsea. But the player, you were going, wow, you know, is Desai 
you know, we've signed one of the world's greatest defenders. And, and this is quite strange about this season as well, because at the start of the season, Viali doesn't even play him in defence. He actually played him in midfield for a lot of games. You know, at the very start of the season, our defence was Michael Jubery and Frank LeBeuf. Yeah. So there was that, you know, hang on a minute, we've bought the best defender in the world and we're not even... Yeah, but he, but he was a good midfielder too. I mean, oh, it, was, it, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good yeah. midfield player as well. But, you know, you're excited to think you would have the World Cup back two centre-backs playing together with LeBeuf and Desailly because they were the France 98s uh, centre-half pairing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he got the he got the yeah back eventually, but yeah, I think of all the signings, I would say Desai was the one to be most excited about in terms of you know he's thirty years of age. We have signed a world class player, but Loudrup's behind. But history will show of those signings, probably the best signing long term probably turned out to be Albert Ferrer. Well, that's it. I mean, you know, I, I I I yeah, I mean Albert Ferrer, I didn't know a lot about, and I grew to love him absolutely, not least because of the wonderful song Albert. Albert Ferrer, Albert. everyone knows no, no, his, no. Name. his name. Yeah, and yet he didn't figure very much this season. Well, no, no he did. He played. He, he didn't. I'll, I'll tell you. Well, actually, do you know what? I'll tell you now because I tell have... me exactly how often he played. I, I mean, I was bemused by the selections, and for most of the season, I, I honestly say I didn't get it. Chappie, get... Chappie played forty games this season, won a sub, and that's actually, you know. I mean, I, I've highlighted in yellow everybody who played over twenty-five games because that tends okay, I'm, that I'm tends to mean they were the regulars. Wrong. That tends to mean they were the regulars throughout the season. So he played a lot. Well, I'm completely wrong. Then I was under the impression that he was in and out. I mean, I, I just felt I never felt that he had an absolutely established team. Viali for that. I know there were injuries. I know that we're going to get onto it later. That. Um, um, I keep telling me if I'm speaking out of turn here, but but Gustavo Poyet getting injured, I thought was a terrible blow for the season. Yeah, it was. Well, we are going to do that later. Yeah, that's it, for sure. yeah I know, I know, we, I know, but I, I, I'm just trying to work. I'm trying to give you an overview of what I didn't feel the season was um, managed correctly yeah. by the manager. Well, at the moment we haven't started it yet, but uh, no, I'm just telling you what you know. What Albert Ferrer, I loved, but I think I disagree with Mark. Going back to the original point. I, I think I think that out of those signings, surely Marcel Desai has to be considered the best one. I mean, he stayed with us, you know, for a long time. He captained the club, you know, he won lots of things. Why, what? No, no, I'm looking on a game-by-game -game basis, and I think, yeah, I, I can understand why JK might not think Ferrer played much. The beauty about Albert Ferrer is he never, he's a bit, he's a bit like Davies, you know, has been for us for, uh, for, for a number of years now. He never had a bad game, Ferrer. He was all seven out of yeah. ten. Yeah, a consistent player. Never, never. And and you sometimes forget he was there. He was. He was just a good, good right back. So actually, the song should be Albert. Albert Ferrer. Everyone forgets he's there. Nobody knows he's there. Nobody knows. Nobody he's there. knows he's there. I like that. I like that yeah. a lot. Yeah. I like yeah. that. A lot. For I'm, me, he was a big game player. A you brilliant... know, we talked. About, we've talked about that before. I didn't. I I found him a bitter disappointment, Desai, for me. In this team, I didn't think he, he he should have been the best player. We should have been doing what we're doing with Thiago Silva about him, and uh, and we didn't. And I I didn't think he I felt he he he, he only expressed himself in in big games. Yeah, it was I, brilliant. It brilliant. Want somebody in the Champions League? Oh, we'll, we'll get there. We're the time there. But against Liverpool, the Man United, he was superb. Watford away, yeah. wasn't interested. Yeah, yeah. indeed. Um, I mean, the ambition for this season, I mean, in a way, had been set by by some of these signings. Um, and I mean, Viali, Viali made it pretty clear that, that the target for this season was 
you know, obviously to do better than last season, but really to compete in the Premier League and secure a Champions League qualification, something we hadn't hadn't done before. And I, I thought it was interesting. You get, I, I mean, I remember it as well, actually, you know, at the time. I mean, Arsenal and uh, United uh, were in the middle of their hege- hegemony. And, you know, it was, a re- it was quite, you know, Liverpool still were a very, you know, up and down side. So we had to kind of break that, but I mean, I I I do think that we were we were certainly with them considered favourites, maybe not for the title, but certainly to win some trophies this year, Mark, weren't we? Oh, definitely. We, we, we were on the cusp here. This is when it really begins. Yeah, you know, that sort of turning point from never getting into the Champions League to sort of like then getting into it on a, a, a Europe on a regular basis. And I think you had that Liverpool side that had come out of the Sunis era. And I think they were managed by Roy Evans, you know, and they're trying to shed that Spice Boy image. So the previous season, yeah, they, they finished third and we finished fourth. And fourth wasn't the Champions League place then. Yeah. But, you know, this probably is like the season where, you know, we, we reached the Champions League for the first time. And I think that that's quite a turning point in, in our history as well. And, you know, yeah, we'll get them in there. But it is for me so much of what, what might have been season. You know, you know, we really were that good for the great part, of, you know, and we just ran out of steam in the end. But we'll get there. We'll get we there. will get there. And actually, we're going to kick it off now. And uh, weirdly, um, we, we in our first match, we play Coventry away, which was exactly what we did uh, the season before. Guess what, JK? It's pretty much the damn same result, uh, i.e. we lost 2-1. Um, and uh, our old friend, Dion Dublin, screws us royally. Uh, Desai, Pierre, Luigi, Kazaragi, Ferrer all made their debuts in that game. Um, do, do you have many memories of that other than being pissed off? Uh, no, it's nearly all pissed off. That's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, Huckabee scored decent player, very decent player. Thought he, he 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 put himself about well. That that sounds as if he's rough. But no, he was very nippy. Scored a decent goal. Um, there was that uh, song "Stand Up If You've Won the Cup" was um, was uh, was being uh, sung by everybody. And um, uh, and uh, Poyet scored with a great header. Um, uh, Kazaragi was a somebody we were looking at to to deliver for us because he was the new Very signing. Very unlucky with a great Thanks. header, wasn't he? Very unlucky that he had a, his period at the, his period at the club uh, was constantly unlucky. That's what I'd call him. Constantly in decent positions and hitting the post, yeah. having great saves. Um, he wasn't blessed with a great deal of luck no. in his Chelsea career, Kazaragi, let's be honest. Whoa. But But I'm afraid to say I was such a Hughes fan. I kept trying to work out why... Um, we'd bought him and sold Hughes, but uh, so uh, um, perhaps that tells you the the way that I felt about the situation. Very nippy player, did get forward. We seem to rely heavily in this season on um, uh, in a position where you'd think uh, a better pass would be. It's a wonderful pass, but a long ball. There seemed to be a long ball over the top, frequently played by Zola, who had a completely brilliant season. Um, and we had very good players to, to run onto these things. Um, and yet they were, uh, um, I think he, he could possibly have delivered had his season carried on. But I'm giving the game away here. You are indeed. Uh, we follow that up, Mark. I mean, I, I won't, I won't uh, uh, you, know, um, you know, make you return to the pain of, uh, of Highfield Road. Uh, we then drew one all with, uh, with Newcastle, uh, who at that time are managed by Kenny Dalgleish. 
but the most notable thing about that, of course, was uh, Babiaro's first goal for Chelsea. Good old Celeste. Another one with a great chant, which I think we must have done last time round. One, Baba two, Baba three, Baba that one. Oh, yep. Babiaro. Oh, Babiaro, uh, yeah. So, and the, the somersault celebration. That's right. And this was um, Kenny Dalglish's last game in it charge, was. if I remember rightly, because a certain Dutch gentleman takes over, you know, the following game. He does indeed. Rude and, it. and then he takes Steve Clark with him as well, which is another disappointment seeing Steve Clark go. He does indeed. That's the beginning of Clarkie's coaching career. Uh, where, of course, and you're, and you're right, Rude Hullet goes and manages uh, Newcastle and then fights with Alan Shearer, much to everybody's hilarity, uh, by, by leaving him out of the side most of the time. Love it. Uh, there's nothing like egos in football, is there? Um, now, uh, the, the, I mean, really, for me, like, I mean, you know, and I know a lot of people don't really count these, but I do. Uh, I think the best thing about um, August, really, for Chelsea was that we picked up... I mean, this is a good question, actually, JK. Did we pick up our first season, uh, first trophy of the season or our last trophy of the previous season when we won the uh, Waffa Super Cup in in uh, Monaco, beating Real Madrid 1-0 with an absolutely blinding goal by uh, Gustavo Poyet? Gustavo Poyet, um, who this season was absolutely brilliant and... Um, um, until his injury. But um, uh, a good point, Chidge, actually. I don't know where these things hang, do they? It, um, uh, it, it, I think it should be the first trophy of the, of the new season because it's a different manager and he's playing a different style and he's chosen different players. I think that should be it. And yet um, uh, they're so near the previous season and it's a consequence of having won the European Cup Winners' Cup. Perhaps it's a, a hangover. Regardless, they won it with a great performance against uh, one of the top sides in Europe. Well, so they, I, and it gave us great hope for the season. That's that was. The I thing think that's we, exactly wow. that. It carries a bit, a bit like this season winning, winning, yeah. winning it. You know, funnily enough, how funny how history repeats itself. But I, I, I was really chuffed because I mean, uh, I mean, actually, as as we as we now know, I don't think we've ever lost to Real Madrid in a competitive match. But uh, I like the symmetry of beating them in the uh, Cup Winners' Cup in '71. And as as uh, J.K. was saying, Mark, they were a very good side. I mean, they were not, you know, they they didn't put out a B team by any stretch of the imagination. Of course, they were ma- they were managed by Gus Hiddink. They were, they were indeed. Yeah, Hiddink, Hiddink was manager. This this is quite a big win. Yeah. I know it's a super cup, and people may have a different viewpoint, but at the time, you know, this was a big win as far as Chelsea fans are concerned. It was a European trophy, and we'd beaten Real Madrid. Who were the European Cup holders? Yeah, this was a big win. Let yeah. let me just run through who's in the Real Madrid side that we beat. Bodo Ilner, who was the German keeper. But believe it or not, Christian Panucci, soon to be of this parish. Uh, Roberto Carlos, Fernando Hierro, uh, Sanchez, Redondo, Raul, an absolute legend at Real Madrid. Miatovic, decent player. Yarni was a decent player. Seedorf, an absolute legend. Uh, Savio, another good player. Christian Carembo, a World Cup winner with France. And uh, the Scouser, Fernando Morientes. So, you know, they were a good side. <laughs> <laughs> he is Scouse, isn't he? Morientes. No, he did. You're right. He did play for Liverpool. Fernando yeah, Mor- Morientes. Mor- Morientes um, comes back to haunt us. He uh, does. With later, them. when he plays for Monaco, he but does, yeah, yeah. He, he played for Liverpool for a while as well. Yeah. He does indeed. I mean, they've got they've got Ivan Campo and Gutti on the bench as well. I mean, that, so I I think this was massive. I and it pisses me off actually that, that I don't think this this trophy gets enough, you know, plaudits really because I think that was a massive win for us. 
I, I personally at the time was convinced we'd be drubbed very, very well, easily because they were so I, good. As was yeah. I, mate. So I, I, I half didn't keep an eye on it. I just expected it to be rather embarrassing. You know, you do that with certain, you think, oh, no, which was, you know, more for me because uh, we did have some terrific players. I mean, really fantastic, you know. So, um, you know, it was a great, uh, great victory. And one that um, the very fact that we won it again this year with, with such joy um, when I'm, I'm, I'm much more clued up on what really we should be liking in terms of our team. It was, um, um, it didn't really have the same impact on me, the Super Cup at the time. You just thought, well, what is it? Is it kind of strange? What is, oh, it's just the, the European champions versus the, the European Cup winners' cup. Oh, well, a one-off. Whereas now, and I was thinking, oh God, that's another trophy to get, isn't it? That really would, it would it's so excellent. So this was a, looking back, a really terrific victory. Indeed it was, and it was a great goal, as I said. It was Brian Laudrup's debut. Uh, it's our fourth trophy in 15 months and our third European trophy. For me, it counts. Uh, we then move into September, where we uh, have a, a nil-nil, uh, draw, uh, nil-nil draw against the Arsenal. Sorry, that's at home, against the Arsenal. Uh, uh, Vieira, I mean, this, the one, the, tell you what, Mark, the one thing I took away from this match was Vieira absolutely, you know... I mean, it was such a stonewall penalty against Kaziraki. And I, and do you know what I thought? I thought, bloody hell, we moan about the referees today. Oh. But um, I mean, how was that not a penalty? How well, was that not a penalty? It, it, I, I was watching the video on Sunday and you know, watching it back. And, you know, he just takes Kaziraki out. Yeah. <laughs> it's a penalty. He's know? nowhere near the ball at all. Absolutely. But, but it, once again, it, it tells you what the relationship between the linesman and the referee are. The referee's miles away, has made a decision based on what I don't know. And, uh, and, and there's a linesman there who can clearly see it and he's had no role in it at all. It is... It, 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 it makes you realise the number of times that happened in that era. And we we, we are moaning at the refs, but VAR, we, VAR would have actually sorted that. You know, it would have been, and possibly a, a, a sending off even. It was so vicious. It was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And it once again... Poor old Kasaragi. You just thought, oh no, Mr. Unlucky. Oh, what? And, and it's quite interesting that these games at Arsenal at the time, you know, this, and we talked about in previous shows, you know, there's lots of yellows and red cards every time we seem to play Arsenal. Yeah. And in this game, Lee Dixon gets sent off. He has a spat with the so, so he goes. But Vieira could have gone as well. Yeah. yeah. And, and you wonder whether the referee is thinking that. He's actually thinking, oh, I don't want to send another one off because they've got that that kind of approach to foot. They don't want to be seen to sending too many, be seen to sending, send too many players off, you know. Yeah, it's, and, and, and this after the time, you know, that they were notorious. They'd get about half a dozen players sent off a season under Wenger. Yeah. Yeah, they were. I mean, led by Vieira and his, he was a bit of a brute of a player. Let's be honest. Um, we get our first win of the season in the next match when we beat Nottingham Forest 2-1. Uh, Zola scores. Was, now, here's the thing, Mark. We, we did wonder, is this the, was this his quickest goal for Chelsea? 24 seconds? Only Chad will know, but I I reckon Chad, it must be. Chad will know. We, we can ask Chad tomorrow. I, I think it's one of our quickest Premier League goals because uh, I think Johnny Spencer's got a, a quick Premier League goal in about 14 seconds. So I, I think this is probably Zola's quickest goal. I can't think of anyone quicker than 24 seconds. Indeed. Uh, well, Poye... I can't Zola scoring a quicker goal, actually. No, I, I don't think so, mate. But uh, even though Kazaragi possibly does take the player out at the time, but once again... Linesman doesn't spot it. Referee doesn't spot it. Becomes a goal, you know. Indeed. Well, Poyo Poyo makes it two-one on thirty-five minutes, and then Darshville, 
uh, gets one back for Forest on 69 minutes. We then have another home match uh, against Helsingborgs in the first round of the European Cup Winners' Cup. Of course, we're champions. Um, but it's a bit of ball like apart from the fact it was absolutely bloody freezing um, for September as well. Uh, you know, Helsingborg were stubborn, very, very stubborn. But uh, the deadlock is broken on 43 minutes with a Frank LeBeuf free kick with a little bit of assistance from Dennis Wise, Mark. Yes, um, yeah, Dennis Wise pulls the man out of the wall and Frank shoots it straight in. Yeah, it was bloody cold that night. I was at, I was at the game and... This is the defence of our title. We're, we're the Cup Winners' Cup holders. Our capacity has gone up to 34,000. And the ground was half empty. Yeah. I noticed that. Why was that? Uh, I'm, well, I'm looking through the programmes now, just sort of seeing, like, you know, what was the price charge for this game? You know, so, you know, did, did Uncle Ken... Because um, around about this time, I can't remember what year, he did do three seat, um, three tickets as a season ticket. But I don't know if that was when we were in the Champions League, you know. But I'm just sort of trying to find, look, looking at the programme, how much he charged. Um, yeah, and season ticket holders no longer got um, European games or cup games in their season ticket. Yeah. So, yeah, I've, I've found it. European Cup Winners' Cup, first round, home leg, all pay, including season ticket holders, as yeah. follows. So, East Middle was 40 quid, East Upper 28, Matthew Harding Upper Lower 23, Shed 23, um, Kids kids a tenner. Yeah, but then normal match day prices, yeah, they weren't out of sync with normal match day prices where now for European games, you know, you know, Chelsea charge sort of like, you know, less than they would for a normal match day. But back then, Uncle Ken was charging category A prices, son, yeah, and probably reflected in the 17,000 that turned up. Well, for, for Helsingborgs as well, you yeah. know, yes, I mean, I think, I think the fact it was them as well contributed to the. Uh, Awful thing to say, but it was a, um, a Scandinavian club and not somebody that was a team that was particularly well known. I think that that contributed as well to the uh, the low attendance. Oh, oh yeah, so, oh, absolutely. They, they they were hardly well known. A bunch of part timers, you know, from Sweden. You know, so we should have reduced the prices to get more people in there. You know, you know, just being Chelsea and Cup Winners Cup, you know, holders wasn't going to get people through the door if you were charging sort of like normal match day prices. Well, I mean, I, I mean, it puts it in, in context, doesn't it, chaps? Because I'm I'm paying thirty five quid for my ticket to go and see Juve next week, which is like over isn't it, like nearly twenty five years later. So, uh, and actually, your thirty five quid ticket and mine for Juve next week is cheaper than some of the tickets for this. I game. know that's exactly my point. So, uh, wow. And of course, we've got. I mean, I think I know why Bates did it. I mean, we we had the high, I think it was the highest number of season ticket holders we'd had since. Uh, since that's the right. 60s. 17,000, that's right. Well, not actually since the 60s, because, of course, we didn't have... I mean, you know, it all changed, didn't it? But I think it's possibly the highest we've ever had up to that time. So, you know, he probably didn't want to lose any money by giving the tickets away. Um, right, then we've got a, a match which uh, many people remember very, very fondly. Um, I'm sure both Mark and uh, Jay... Well, I know JK was there, presuming you were there, JK. I was, indeed. And, and you, Mark? No, I wasn't up here. I watched it, watched it on Sky on Monday night. It was yeah. a, it was a yes, it was it was a Monday night Sky, a Monday night football, and it's live with the absolutely onerous, odious Andy Gray. I, I mean, it's really interesting watching the uh, the, the season review video back because it kind of reminds you how what an idiot Andy Gray is and how boring he was. I mean, you know. Anyway, I think it's difficult take to take a boo son at the time though, Chidge, isn't it? It's really tricky. It was exciting I've, at the time. Yes, this it is was. the trouble. You look at it and from, with with different different specs on. You know, there are yeah. some particularly decisions and attitudes. And the as we're going to get onto it, the Liverpool the Liverpool game at home. It, you you it's 
I didn't think at the time that Andy Gray was as you listen to it now and you are, um, uh, I don't know. I just, you just think, you just, oh, I just so, think shut so up over the top. I agree. Yeah. I well, agree. Jonathan you, Pierce is even worse. Yeah, even where we are, but Europeans you know, try, is trying to make a, a name for himself at the time though, wasn't he to be different? He Pierce, was, wasn't he? To be honest, he was because he, he had a particular style that was almost European and it's, oh, there you go, 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 and all of these noises being made, you know, which uh, he even he doesn't make anymore, you know, so, um. It was it was different times. I'm he's afraid. Probably got, he's probably gave him gave himself a hernia, mate. It's probably why he doesn't do it anymore. <laughs> but anyway, um, well, go, come on then, J.K. Tell us about this match because it is it's hugely remembered. It was an, a brilliant game. Um, obviously we well, won, uh, but uh, one, of the, one of the things with hindsight, I remember Sutton scoring a couple of scoring a penalty and a decent goal, and uh, um, and that's probably where somebody looked at him and thought, oh, he's a good player. We must buy him, um, but. Um, uh, there's, it, you know, it's it's it's. Um, he scores a, a good goal to make it one nil. Then no, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm going to pause yeah. you there. Sorry, I'm sorry. Zola free kicked. Yeah. I'm so yeah. sorry. Zola free kick. Um, Zola free kick. Well, wonderful free kick. Zola completely on fire this season. Absolutely joyous passing, skilled passing players, um, uh, accuracy, free kicks, uh, brilliant goals with both feet. This is, for me, this is absolutely his season. Quite phenomenal performance. Starts with a free kick. Sutton scores a pretty good goal. Zola's then pulled down. Um, um, uh, uh, Flowers says he's got the ball. Absolute rubbish, which Hodgson goes uh, mad about, who was, the, who was the Blackburn manager at the time. And of course, no, he's, you know, he, he's obviously played played Zola. Um, Berth scores with a penalty. Then it's 2-2. An overhead kick, uh, Sutton part. Then they they score um, uh, to make it three two. Um, um, so Perry scores on fifty seven. Perry, yeah, yeah. Then yeah. Sutton gets a penalty on seventy nine, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, that's right. But I think um, there's, a, there's a bit of interesting stuff that, ha- that happens here because the first thing, of course, is that Flo comes on as a sub for Casiraghi on seventy eight minutes, indeed. a minute a minute indeed. before their penalty. But before that, yeah, this was hilarious. I mean, you know, Mark mentioned. Uh, Lasso basically having a tear up with Lee Dixon, and Lee Dixon got a red card. Um, basically, this time he has a has a literally has a fight. I mean, he's pull he's pulling, trying to pull Sebastian Perez's shirt off, who's been trying to pull his shirt off, and they both go down on a heap. So Lasso, they both get sent off, basically Lasso and Perez. My kind of game, I have to say. Um, but then, basically, as I said, Flo comes on as a sub on seventy eight minutes. Then what happens, J.K. Um, I think he scores, doesn't he? he yes, Loudrup's Loudrup's centre, um, and it's a, a, a flow volley. And flow, um, his ability to come on as a sub and score goals is quite absolutely brilliant. I mean, he he was for, he was one of my favourite players, and I didn't quite understand why he was constantly a sub. But um, uh, whether I've I've in the mists of time, I've somehow um, uh, expunged, got rid of any. Um, thoughts of him missing open goals, but he just seemed to score with such regularity, um, and his his ability to uh, just to beat long loping run to get ahead of people and then stab the ball beautifully and elegantly into the corner and really with great precision was something that will always stay with me. Um, um, uh, who scores the final his final goal? Does he score the fourth one as well? Yeah, he does. He, long long ball. Uh, yeah, up from. Uh, who, who, it's another long ball up the pitch. Where I keep saying we seem to run beautifully off there. He was wonderful at not being offside as well, though I think later on in his career, perhaps he became more offside. That's why we got fed up with him. Um, but um, 
um, right over the top, and he latches. I think it was Dimatteo. Well, Dimatteo. I think Robbie puts him through with a great ball, and he kind of runs onto it, and he just stabs it home. Stabs it in the corner. Yeah, in the corner. It was a, it was a brilliant was goal. Great at stabbing in, or great at yeah. just of of moving the ball from left to right foot and placing it in the corner. What a, a and just get it. He got he, and he got to it just before he was tackled. That's the beauty. yeah. Always. Yeah, that's always. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I always think that in fact that I always had this vision of him being being hit by the goalkeeper or a player, yeah. thinking that's him off. That's yeah. his season yeah. ended. And he wouldn't. He was like a kind of spider. He would just stand up, and uh, uh, and and you'd think, oh, there's this. He's like Inspector Gadget with telescopic it's, legs. Yeah, very well expressed, Chidge. Absolutely right. Our spiders run because spiders tend to lose legs if they fall. <laughs> if well, they've got crash. another seven. They're all right. But yeah, they've got. That's true. That's true. But well, I'm trying to think of what other other than Inspector Gadget is a kind of a kind of toy that smashes in, and then there it is. It's like a, a, a transformer or something. He was. Uh, he, I, I, uh, a terrific, terrific player flow for taking this these opportunities. I loved him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, me and all, him. mate. Me and all loved him to pieces, and he was great this season. We're going to talk about flow, I think, a lot more during this show, and also uh, towards the end of it in the summary. But Mark, of course, the uh, the best. I mean, obviously, flow comes on and he gets two goals in five minutes, and we win the game. Absolutely brilliant, obviously. But of course, the the most important stat from this game is not even that we won four three. It's that uh, Chris Sutton got more goals in this game than he did in his whole Chelsea Premier League career. <laughs> yeah. He only got three goals with Chelsea. I think one of them was in the Champions League against Gonzaga. Yeah. So yeah, basically, you know, a whole Chelsea career defined in one game Indeed. by getting two goals for Blackburn that night. But JK's right. You know, you know, how many players did we buy that scored goals against? We thought, oh, he looks good. Right. We'll buy him. It's a, Sutton. It's... Yeah. It was a constant, wasn't it? Yeah, Fleck. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but here's a question, though, for you both. It's definitely, it happens again this season with, with, with old Bjorni Goldbeck. But, I mean, we say it's a theme and it's a constant. But, I mean, has this been going on a long time before that? I think it has, hasn't it? Well, can I say that we bought a player called Butler who played very well against us for Hull in about 19... Tommy Doherty bought him, I think, in about 66... And uh, and and I remember him playing so well against us. I thought, and I was so little. I remember thinking he'd be, you know, he'd be a nice player to buy. He played so well against us. In my little fluting voice, and lo and behold, Doherty bought him the following week, and he hardly ever played. And I think this is the problem: is that they 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 play out of their skins against Chelsea, and then don't they're not very good, or something happened that night, or they just. Uh, Oh no, but yes, that was the earliest I remember was this chap Butler. Was it Dennis Butler? I can't remember. I have to look him up. Jeff, but, Jeff Butler. Yeah. Jeff Butler. Well and done. You, ironically, you know. You mentioned the whole game. Someone posted a picture up at the weekend when we played Hull City in the FA Cup that year. There's a picture of Hull City fans all in the shed. So this is pre pre segregation. So you've got these hundreds and hundreds of Hull City fans standing in the shed with their Hull for the Cup banners. Well, you sort of think that wouldn't happen now. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. <laughs> but there's also the reverse side of things, as well as having you know a history of buying players who score against us. Loads of Chelsea players have left and then come back and score against us. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, it's like it's inevitable, isn't it? Really, the number of times always you should you always say they're going when we do the preview, they're, they're bound to score against us, and I'm sure somebody somewhere must be putting a quid on them here and there and making a fortune. Chidge. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there 
and it's not on TV. Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boy's life. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Indeed. Uh, Mark, um, there's a little bit of business that happens at the, the uh, end of the month. Uh, t- I mean, obviously, I, I should I should add that we beat Middlesbrough 2-0 at home with an absolutely brilliant diving header from Pallister for an old, own goal on 46 minutes and uh, <clears throat> Zola tidies it up on uh, 81. Um, but uh, Bates had a... Uh, there was something going on with the West Stand, a planning inquiry. What was all that about? Well, yeah, I said earlier that our, obviously our capacity had increased to 34,000. Um and the final bit of the Chelsea Village development was just like finishing off the hotels, the nightclubs were planned and putting the, the extra tiers on the West Stand. And then Bates gets into a spat with the, the, the local authority because obviously, quite rightly in any kind of planning application, they want him to divulge what his long-term plans were. And they'd already had a situation where the police had been to one of the you know, bars or clubs that was open that was meant to close at one o'clock in the morning it was open at three o'clock in the morning on one occasion so they were breaching licensing rules etc and noise nuisance and then there was a small amount of like the local residents in Oswald Stoll Mansions you know who are right next to the stadium so you know Bates was playing a sort of like a, a, a cunning game of keeping some of the cars close to his chest and, and rather than trying to comply he, he then takes it to an inquiry that basically takes two years to get to fruition uh, and whilst that inquiry is taking place, in effect, there's no further development of the West End. So it takes two further years for the extra tiers to be put on the West End for the development to be completed. So, you know, in a strange way, you know, for two years, we lost out on revenue by having an extra sort of like 8,000 people in the stadium and all the associate revenue that go with that. Yeah. And, and, the, and the, in the end, in terms of like the planning inquiry, you know, once it was completed, you know, no one really won. It's probably a one-all draw, you know. So you think you've, you've wasted two years and how much money as well with that lost revenue and lost income? Yeah, very silly, really, when you think about it. 
Um, yeah, and of course, particularly realizing what the West Stand was, it was then created hugely for the for corporate. Yeah, huge yeah. number of tiers on it that would have been, and the the middle yeah. tier of the, uh, the of the West Stand has got all those huge boxes which are yeah. unbel- which are a million pounds a year, I think. If that Correct. Was, yeah, and that uh, was uh, back in then they were a million pounds. So all yeah. that revenue lost by two years stalemate by going to an external inquiry. You know, we we lost that and a lot of money, which is at the same time. A bit foolhardy because we talked about it on the last show. We had the seventy-five million pound euro bond, and we were paying six million pound interest back a year. Yeah, yeah, and it would have you know, been so paid for by that million pound in if yeah, we had got that. Yeah. on the stadium that much quicker. If you think that our record signing was Kazaragi, who cost us five point four million, six million a year on interest is quite a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in it. So there we go. I think the most important point to make about all of this, though, is that if you sat in the West Stand in those days, like I did, you'd get fecking wet. wet when it rained. Oh, and that's the worst thing, obviously. You know, but uh, I maybe another just... reason why they should have finished it, put the bloody roof well, on. Well, indeed, indeed. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, we move into October. By the way, we're now seventh. I mean, we had a bit of a slow start, didn't we? Really, but actually, things are picking up now. We're now seventh in the league. Um, and uh, you know we've we've we haven't lost. I mean, the, we lost the first game against Coventry, but we remain unbeaten so far. Uh, we then play the second leg against Helsingborgs, nil nil draw, which is enough to see us through one nil on Ag. Uh, notable in the fact that it was Viali's first appearance of the season, who seems to have kind of well. I, I mean, I don't know. I'd ask the boys actually because I mean. I love Viali as a player, as we all know, but it, it, I wondered if he was kind of like deciding he was now a manager and not a player, JK. I found it really confusing as to why he didn't select himself. And I think you're absolutely right. Perhaps he thought, um, I'm, uh, I'm, now, I'm now creating a, um, a managerial career and uh, Chelsea might not be my last stop as a manager. Um, um and uh, I want, therefore, to be taken seriously rather than to be considered a player manager. And yet he must have still been working on his fitness because he did slot in from time to time. And um, and we're going to get on to that. But I I, I, I think he had um, bought Kazaragi to uh, replace him and Hughes because I don't understand why um, he didn't play more. Because every time he played, he scored practically. And every time he played, he looked very impressive so he's still keeping this side of him going um but um yes he seemed to play in very specific games so he'd choose himself for european Companies cup and um uh, a bit like the like uh, hullet had done and the uh the league cup and the odd sort of game where he, he could he could rotate i think the rotation aspect was something that um i was bemused by and i think some of the players got bemused by as well um and uh, we're going to get onto that with the Kazaragi situation. Well, so talk, talking talk of talking of Kazaragi, mate. Uh, the next match is the away match up at Anfield, where we drew one-one. And guess what? After ten minutes, Kazaragi scores his first goal for Chelsea, and it was a very good goal too. Uh, but the thing is, nobody remembers that weirdly because you would have thought actually Kazaragi's only goal at Chelsea would be memorable. There's a reason why why nobody remembers that, and they remember something else about that goal, uh, Mark. Yeah, Phil Bab. Um, yeah, <laughs> delighted Kazaragi gets his first goal. Or Phil No Babs, as he was called after that. <laughs> yeah, or he had No Babs after that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if people remember, or if people have never saw the game because they're too young. When Kazaragi sort of nips through and puts the ball in, goes around David James. Phil Bab does his best to try and get back and sort of slide the ball away, but he doesn't get there in time. And Phil Bab literally collides with 
part of his anatomy with the well, goalpost. I'll, I'll spare your blushes. He slides <laughs> on his back and he's heading yeah. towards the goalpost. Yeah. And basically, it, you know, why he did this, I, I don't know. Mate. It was really quick, actually, the way he slid. But basically, uh, the post connects with his with his bollocks in a very hefty manner. It was it was gut-wrenching to even watch it. And as you said it's in the bad, notes, bad would yeah, have been worried. I think yeah. she would have been more than worried. Don't rub them, son. Count them, I think, is probably what they said. Uh, but there you go. He recovered, I think. Um, right, so then we have Charlton at home. We win 2-1. LeBeuf penalty. Hughes uh, uh, equalises on 58. And Gus Poyet uh, scores on 58 minutes. Uh, and Kazaragi gonna... again uh, smashed into, by the way. Seemed to be a constant whipping yeah, boy. Kazaragi. It was, not yeah. I will stick it up that old eye time, mate. He won't like it up. You can you just <laughs> hear him saying it, can't you? Yes, yes. Anyway, we then play Copenhagen in uh, the European Cup and Cup at home. And a bit like, uh, you know, Helsingborgs, it was, uh, it, they were stubborn. I mean, they were, they were, you know, they were the top of the Danish league. Um, they weren't idiots by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, they actually went ahead on 80 minutes with, guess who? Bjarni Goldbeck. More of him in a minute. Uh, and basically, Mark uh, Marcus Desai rescued us on 90 minutes. And I, I was going to say, I mean, you know, the previous game, we, we got a winner in the last minute. Go back to the Blackburn game. Flo scores on 86 minutes. Desai scores here on 90 minutes. I was quite surprised by the number of games this season where we got a last-minute winner. Yep. And even like not just the last-minute winner, 25% of our goals this season come in the last 15 minutes well, of the game. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And I think Viali says at some point during the season about the, the fitness training they did. So, you know, it paid dividends with so many late late goals and points we picked up. And, and here's another example of it. You know, another cold night, you know, Copenhagen, very similar to Helsingborg. Um, and two minutes into injury time, Desai just curls one into the top corner and really, really saves our bacon because it would have been a challenge to go to Copenhagen one nil down. As it turns out, you know, the one-all draw is enough because obviously a certain Danish gentleman, and we'll, we'll come to him shortly, you know, gets gets the all-important goal in the second leg. He does indeed. Um, before that, though, we got a nil-nil draw away up at Leeds, uh, a notable really just for the fact that Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, soon to be of this parish, misses a penalty. Uh, well, it was saved, actually, to be fair, by... Uh, by Ed De Hoy, uh, and possibly a mile off his line, Chidge. Once again, yeah. VAR wouldn't be happening. It was allowed in those days, although it wasn't allowed. It was, you see what it I mean? Was, they never ever checked it, did they? But you're right. No, never. Never. Uh, uh, Leboeuf got sent off on sixty minutes, sixty-one minutes. Can you remember why he was sent off? Either of you two, Mark's got his hand up, so I can't remember why he got sent off. But yeah, again, it doesn't matter what point in history Chelsea leads. You know, we, we had a player sent off, and we had seven players booked in this game. Yeah, so yeah. I'd like to think that the 1998 Chelsea saw the importance of how important Chelsea Leeds games were to fans. Like Leeds, Leeds had four players booked, we had seven players booked, and LeBeuf sent off as well. Yeah. My memory of that was just a, a constant kicking fest. Mm. Yeah. It really was, all from the very beginning, absolutely non-stop. You're absolutely right that the 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 the, the bitterness uh, in in the in the Leeds fixture has always been there. Always well, as it yeah, should George be. Graham's gone though, Hatney, because George Graham's managing Tottenham by now, or we soon to manage yeah. Tottenham. No, you're yeah. right, he is because David, David O'Leary's in charge. Yes. O'Leary, yes, O'Leary, like you know, they, they didn't it didn't change their approach at all against us, O'Leary. Fact, but they, they were a good well, team. If you look, you look at this team, you know, Robinson, Radibi, yeah. Woodgate, yeah. Molinar, Martin, very good player, Radibi, very yeah, good, yeah. Ma- Ma- yeah. Martin Hayden. 
David Hopkin, the, possibly the gingerest bloke of all time. Alpha Inga Harlan, Lee Bowyer, Stephen McPhail, Danny Granville, of course, who we told to them at the beginning of the season. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, who comes to us a couple of t- seasons later. Clyde Vinehart, Harry Kuhl. You know, that's a decent side. I love the fact, if you look at the bookings, this tells a story, JK. Clyde Vinehart, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, Lee Bowyer, Lucas Radibi got booked for them. Uh, Babiaro de Hoy, Dubry, Leboeuf, Wise, Zola, de Matteo for us. Zola got booked. Zola. Zola got booked. I can't believe that. All the others you could probably say, yeah, I, could, I get that, but Zola getting booked. That's, out, that's outrageous. Mistaken suspect, identity, surely. I, no, I suspect it was because occasionally he would complain, wouldn't he? He would he would go up to the referee and probably in, in not terribly good in in broken English that say you're stupid whatever. But I mean I I'm, I remember him him giving refs a bit of mouth if he felt really is it, just kicked no doubt. I've just checked what LeBerth got sent off for. He got sent off for kicking Harry Kuehl. Oh, you, you can't get booked for that, surely. Oh, no, but... <laughs> That's allowed, isn't it? It's allowed, isn't it? <laughs> oh, there we go. Um, well, we'll move on to the uh, the next match, uh, which is uh, uh, oh yeah, this is this is this is fun. This is the Worthless Cup. Sorry, the Worthington Cup, uh, also known as the League Cup, which of course we are holders. Um, it's round three. We play Aston Villa at home, uh, and uh, your mate Viali, uh, J.K. plays in this match and. Uh, he scores a bloody good hat trick, actually. And of course he does. Of course, that's my point. I don't understand why. Therefore, he decided he would only play in these games. I, I, I don't you know. know. We won the league cup the year before, hadn't we? Yeah. So I don't. Um, um, why did he treat it like that? I, 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 I once again, this whole season, so we had some very good players who didn't play very often, and I didn't. You know, Petrescu was substitute for a long period here. Petrescu, one of the great Chelsea players. I didn't get it. Um, um, and and he played Lasso out in different positions. Baba Yaro didn't was in and out. Um, uh, um, uh, but the the forward thing was something that just amused me. I suppose if people are scoring and people are doing well, rotation, you know, mate, squad it, rotation. I mean, indeed, it was squad rotation. But we didn't specifically have um, a settled side for me, and I really would have liked. Well, that. You, I know you're. I'm, I'm detecting a little bit of a moan, but I mean the reality is we we this is the period of the season. Uh, I think Mark was telling me earlier on, actually, we went on an unbeaten run of 21 games. So it's it's, it's yes. I, I see what you mean. I get your point. But I think it's hard to really complain about it when we're playing that well. I think the trouble is with hindsight. It's like when you start off slowly in the season and you draw and you lose it. Not, not lose, but you we did. We lost at the beginning. You draw against teams like we lost against Coventry. Those kind of things are the difference between winning the titles, you know, and I, I and it, I, it, at the end of the season, it upset me and you look back and think, oh, we should have won that. Oh, why didn't we, why did we draw that game and whatever? Well, and it's just, it's moments like this, you know, I just think, well, I, I, I didn't, I, I, like Nichols, Nichols flitted in and out of the, of the team. I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. Was he good enough to play? I didn't, I, still, I never thought. I, I still, I still think that actually, you know, when you look at the fact that we, we were unbeaten for a long stretch this season, I think that, that, that tells me that actually I I think whatever he was doing, you know, in terms of the decisions he was making was all right, you know. You should have been winning everything, too. Yeah, but Jonathan, in the real world, we don't win everything because football's played on grass, not on FIFA 
twenty or I don't think there was a fee for nineteen ninety eight, was there? I am allowed to comment on my feelings, knowing with hindsight. Your feelings are absolutely yours. No, I agree. Your feelings are yours, and they are absolutely authentic and they're justified. But they are your feelings. But I'm allowed to disagree with my feelings, and that's kind of what I've done. Uh, Anyway, the reason why this is most notable, I'll tell you what I do agree with. Fucking Viali, mate. I mean, this was another prime example. You know, we we said this, didn't we? And we have done for the last three of these shows or two of these shows or whatever it is. His ability to hit the ball early is just unbelievable, isn't it? But it's he he turns and and it's a shot on goal. You know, we've we've referred that across, haven't we, to the way that um, currently our, our strikers and our midfield players get into the penalty area and take a touch or pass it sideways this oh, this kind of era this era striker I'm, i say i think he goes back to m- most era strikers they see the goal they have a they have a, a bap at it they have a they have a, a, a dip you know it's 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 i've got an opportunity and it takes everybody by surprise yeah, the yeah. opportunity the, the fact what i love is those moments which hughes had the same thing the ball will be played to you it bounces once and you're in volley. You're on goal, and the accuracy of his shooting with either foot was absolutely superb. He just hits it so early. It's just a brilliant skill. Um, Mark, there's another thing about this match, which is uh, I'll try that again. Get my teeth. And there's another thing about this match, which is really significant, isn't there? Yes, uh, and again, um, for those people on Twitter, he's joined Twitter quite recently. Yeah, and clearly he's engaging with a lot of Chelsea fans at the moment on Twitter, including the infamous Frank Carlid today, where he's trolled Frank Carlid, if you've seen it today. Um, uh, But yes, um, it was the debut of a a certain John Terry. He he comes on as a substitute for Dan Protesco uh, on 86 minutes, and he's only been on the pitch for one minute. Uh, and this happens on three occasions this season, and we'll come to regret it later in the season. Uh, but Dennis Wise gets sent off on the 87th minute for a two-footed challenge on a Villa player. Yeah, it was a lovely two-footed challenge, though. <laughs> it was a red card. It was executed with extreme prejudice. It's a red card in any era. Absolutely. Probably a triple red card these days. It'd be, it'd be yeah. banned now for, like, weeks if he did that. But it was, it was I enjoyed it anyway. Enough said. Um... Another notable thing happened on the uh, uh, a few weeks later or a few days later when Sam Dalabona transferred from Atlant- Atalanta for free. Uh, a very misunderstood player for Chelsea. And I mean, I know Jonathan goes on about Marcus Alonso's beautiful hair, but I think surely Sam Dalabona had the greatest, <laughs> most beautiful hair of any Chelsea player of all time. Um, he passed me by. Because I didn't think he was a very good player. No, but he I, had great hair, JK. No, but no, excuse me, Alonso. One of the reasons we like Alonso so much is he's a good player yeah. and he's got good hair. There's the yeah. difference. I mean, I think if there was a top hair of all time at Chelsea, you know, Sam Dalabona, Marcus Alonso, and Paolo Ferreira would all be in there in the top three, I think. Uh, and not Luca Viali, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for Ferreira, you're right, actually. Yeah. Had, he had great hair, beautiful hair. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. We will talk Sam Dalabona in the coming weeks because although we signed him from Atlanta like Luca McCarthy, he hasn't actually played this season. No, no, he's a very young boy at the time, isn't he? He's a very young lad, but he will play in future seasons and he will score some goals for us. I remember I remember uh, a goal he scored against Ipswich to dig us out of the poo, but anyway, we'll we'll come to that one. He did give the ball away a lot and get caught in possession, but what do I know? Other than that, uh, he had great hair, JK. Yeah, great super hair. hair. Anyway, yeah, Conor Gallagher's hair reminds me a bit of Sam Dalabona. No, no, yeah. Sam Dalabona's was much longer and blonder. 
this was an era where you could get away with slightly longer hair. Yeah, definitely, definitely. There was quite a lot of long hair about in those days, actually, Jay. A bit of a throwback to the 70s, maybe. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on to November, we have the uh, the second leg of the Cup Winners' Cup match against Copenhagen, um, which is, you know... Oh, I'm going to let Mark do this because I, I forgot all about this until I saw the uh, the review video. But it's it's... I mean, obviously, Laudrup scores in his last appearance to get us through because we win 1-0, right? Um, yep, yeah, um, but before we go out to Copenhagen, uh, Laudrup holds a press conference with Colin Hutchinson to announce that he's homesick and wants to return home to Denmark and return home to Copenhagen. So very kindly, Chelsea let him out of his contract to do that. Uh, and his final game, ironically, is against FC Copenhagen, the team he's about to join. And there's this beautiful... Yeah, I know, I know he gets a bit hysterical in his Channel 5 commentary, but this, he must have written this down beforehand and hoped that Laudrup would score. Um, but Jonathan Pierce's commentary, he says, in true Hans Christensen Anderson, Anderson fairy tale, he'll be returning to wonderful, wonderful Copenhagen. Yeah. Can I, can I say something about this? Yeah. Uh, uh, the very fact that he, after a season, joined Ajax made you realise that his being homesick was actually rather a load of rubbish. And, uh, <laughs> and he just wanted to get out of the club. And I think United had come in for him early. And uh, and he was disappointed that uh, I think Ferguson asked him to go and play for them the day after he'd signed for Chelsea. And um, he didn't like not playing because he didn't like he made a statement saying he didn't like the rotation in the club. And uh, he just wasn't happy in London or whatever. And I think there's more to this. I don't think that we've ever found out the, the proper reason. He, he did but say it, personal reasons in the press are interesting he did. enough, didn't he? He did. He did. But um, uh, it definitely wasn't going back to Copenhagen because, as I say, he just lasted a season. In fact, it would, not the whole season because he was, um, um, he was off to Ajax the following year. So um, something else happened. I'm, I don't know what it was. I, I thought he was great, I have to say, as a player. I thought he was so skillful and such an accurate crosser. And I was really disappointed that it didn't work out. I just thought he was brilliant, brilliant player. And the interesting thing, I forgot about the Ajax thing, but yeah, we, we retained his registration. So he must have yes. done Copenhagen on loan. Yes. So yes. we negotiated a transfer fee with Ajax. Yeah. Yes. So we sold him to Ajax in effect. Yeah. 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 So but that was that business trying to get the sympathy vote. I want to go home. I'm homesick. I mean, rubbish. Interesting. Um, of course, the other side of that coin, literally, was the fact that uh, we actually got Bjarni Goldbeck in return, didn't we? So yeah. the guy who scored against us in the first leg uh, joins Chelsea. More of Bjarni Goldbeck later. But on, but quickly on Bjarni Goldbeck. The interesting thing, um, lo looking at the programme and the Goldbeck signs for us, Colin Hutchinson says they were two separate deals. So if Laudrup had stayed, we would have still bought Goldbeck. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? I, I well, we 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 did we did pay we paid money for Goldbeck. We paid three hundred and thirty grand for him on yeah. the ninth of a ninth of November nineteen ninety eight. So yeah, Hutchinson said it was a separate deal. We were always in for Goldbeck um, since the the first leg game when he scored the goal in the eightieth minute. Once again, a player being watched for having a good performance. In this instance, though. Performing well for the rest of the season yeah. for it. Good player. We Good will, player. we will, we will. Now, uh, next match again, another massively significant match, not in the least bit for the result, uh, which was 1-1. We went to Upton Park. Uh, Ruddock scores a spawny free kick on four minutes because Chelsea only had two men in the wall, according to Neil Barnett. Um, Babiaro equalises with a... He looked like a, a a little kind of, I don't know, like a, a Jack Russell leaping up to head a football. I mean, because he wasn't a massively tall 
but he kind of leapt about four foot in the air and just hit it in. It was a real gold gold mouth melee, but he equalised on seventy six. And Nichols was playing again. I I, I I don't get it. I don't I get that at all. I'm sorry. Do you not like Nichols or something? I didn't think he was as good as anybody else. Let's put it that way. Came on for Zola on 66 minutes, which is a bit yeah. weird. But, weird. of course, the, the massive thing about this match, uh, I mean, Frank Lampard was playing in this, by the way, just to, to, to let you know, and John Terry yeah. was on the bench for us. But uh, yeah. the most significant thing of all happened on 24 minutes, Mark, didn't it? Yeah, very sad. Like Kazaragi's final appearance for Chelsea, career-ending injury. Um, no one's fault. You know, went for the ball. Um, was it Shaka Hislop in goal? Rio Ferdinand, just, you know getting tangled up, you know, crucial ligaments, end, end his career. Um, but, you know, we don't replace him either, which is a bit of a strange decision. Um, but, yeah, he ne- never played fo- football again. Um, but the strange thing was, I've had Jay Caker on this. I, ironically, when I was out Saturday night, we were talking about this game. Uh, and at the time, uh, when it happens, you know, it's almost like, you know, Paul Elliott, you know, um, scenario all over again. Um uh, but there was no stretcher. And if you listen to it also on, on the uh, YouTube, Neil Barnett's going, where's the stretcher? Where's the stretcher? Yes. And Lasso runs over to the yes. advertising hoarding. Yep. And the hoarding becomes like a makeshift stretcher. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and then like you know, a friend of mine said this Saturday night, you know, you know, he said, well, you do realise where the stretcher was, Mark? And I said, no, no, where was it? Um, about 10 minutes before, in the Chelsea section in the Bobby Moore stand, a Chelsea fan had collapsed uh, and the stretcher was used to take that fan out of the stadium and an ambulance to take them to hospital. And yeah, West Ham only had the one stretcher. Yeah. So, so lo and behold, when Kazaragi gets injured, the stretcher is still taking the bloke out. And, and when you then see that makeshift stretcher carrying Kazaragi off, you can see the proper stretcher coming around the back side. On. Yes. Up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. I hadn't even noticed on the, the, the video that it was a, a hoarding. I mean, I remember at the time, it's one of those things when you see these injuries, it's like Eddie Newton being collapsing and being hit by the goalkeeper. And um, you can see that it was a, a vile injury. You know, it wasn't anybody's fault, but you just, I thought, it's almost, it, it, I, I, without the knowledge at the time, I remember thinking this is career ending. But it, of course, nowadays, it probably wouldn't have been career ending. It'd have been a, um, uh, with the surgery, the, the improvements in, in the way, um, the medical improvements in, in, in the world. Um, uh, they can do so much more cruciate ligament repair. And uh, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if he'd uh, oh, obviously been several months. It might not have been this season. But if Kazaragi had been available again with um, uh, Viali as manager, because he clearly rated him. And in the video, all the players say, what a shame it was that he wasn't available because they appreciated this speed that he had up front, which um, I'm going to have to say, I thought that Viali had it. And I will keep going on about this. I didn't quite understand why Viali then, when Kazaragi was injured, didn't play himself more because he was clearly still a, a, a top, top player, Viali. So, well, as, as was proved, JK, in the next match, which uh, I, I have very fond memories of this match. This is uh, the... Uh, Round four in the Worthington Cup, when we go yeah, to Highbury. Yeah. Of course, you know, <clears throat> our relationship with Arsenal at that time was one of abject inferiority. I mean, they were, you know, they, 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 Wenger was there. They were winning stuff. They had Bergkamp and players like that. And we just couldn't beat them for love nor money at the time. So to go up there, I mean, they were playing their, they would, they would argue they were playing their B team. 
and we we had a pretty strong side. It has to be, you know, one has to be honest about this. Um, but we absolutely walloped them 5 0. And, and uh, uh, LeBeuf got a penalty on 34 minutes. Viali got two, uh, 49 minutes and 73. Poyer got two, 65 and 80. And we won 5 0. And I remember that we, you know, the likes of me and Dr. Martin, people that I knew around that time, were constantly singing one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five nil. Yes. It just went on for weeks. We were so delighted at beating Arsenal. Never, never really liked Arsenal, and that was just and sumptuous. Yet the, the B team quality of Arsenal. So I meant any Arsenal friends of mine said, "Well, we put our reserves out. What do you expect?" Well, uh, let me tell you who their reserves were, shall I? Uh, Alex Meninga in goal, yes, because Seaman would normally play. Nelson Vivas, Freddie Lundberg, yeah, he's a B team player, isn't he? Dennis Bergkamp started, yeah. yeah. Christopher Ray, Stephen Hughes, Gilles Grimondi, Remy Gard, God, I remember him, Matthew Upson, Louis Boamorte, and David Grondin. So, and our side was Kareen, he was B team. Dan Pet Rescue, I mean, Dan was finding it hard to get in at the time. Celestine Barriaro, first team. Frank LeBeuf, first team. Um, Gus Poyer, first team. Luca Vialli, B team. Although, as JK says, he should have been playing anyway. Dubes, quite often in the first team. Robert, Roberto Di Matteo, first team. Torre Andre Flo wasn't a regular starter. Mark Nichols, uh, who seems to be starting far too much for JK, who, who will be relieved to know, <laughs> who will be relieved to know that Neil Clement substituted him on seventy-seven minutes. Phew. And uh, Bjarni Goldbeck uh, was uh, making his debut, and uh, he was replaced by Luca Pacassi on seventy-seven minutes. So that was in That's fact when Luca got on. That's when Pacassi got yeah, on. That, there was no Lasso. There was no... Um, um, Desai, no, Le, Le yeah. was playing, wasn't he? Yeah. No, no Zola. Uh, no Zola, still several first-teamers missing. Yeah. So yeah. you could argue that we hadn't put out the first team. Exactly but, uh, that. Um, but Goldbeck um, impressed immensely in that game. Mark? Yeah, I think our reserves were better than their reserves. What special memory of this game for me was, this day was actually my birthday, uh, and it was, so it was at that point the first time I'd ever seen us win at Highbury. Yeah. The amount of times going to Arsenal, you know, since 1976, and I'd never seen Chelsea win. I missed the 1991. I was away in Bradford at a gig when Bumpstead scored. So I'd never seen us win at Highbury. So going to see Chelsea win on my birthday at Arsenal, who I bloody hate. And we're in that period where we were playing them a lot. You know, um, it was it was fantastic. So winning five nil there on your birthday was absolutely superb. Better still, David Ellery was ref and he gave us a penalty. Yeah, and this was Arsenal's worst defeat at home. Now they can spin it and say, "Oh, our reserve, blah blah blah." It was their worst defeat at home for seventy three years. Yeah, that's what I like. This is what we want. This is what we like yeah. to see. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's why I mean I remember getting very drunk with Martin. You know. Oh, easily five years after that, and we would sing that when we were very pissed. We'd just sing it randomly, and just in remembrance of that match, which is kind of appropriate considering it was on Remembrance Day. But there you go. <laughs> um, next up, we got uh, a, w- a win against uh, Wimbledon, the Wombles, three uh, 0 at home. Which I see it was James, wasn't it, who, who put the video up for that today? Some su- some lovely goals in that, Mark Zola and Poye and Petrescu. Uh, but of course, there's a lovely touch, isn't there, when uh, Zola goes to the bench and grabs uh, Kaziragi's shirt, and yes. don't, don't quite know what they did with it. They were kind of like holding it up like a sacrificial something. I don't know what they bowed think, down to it and kissed it. Yeah, I think it, I think it was prearranged because again, coming out of the Arsenal game, um, 
Viali didn't go to the press conference afterwards, obviously, despite playing so well and getting a couple of goals, um, because he'd been to see Kazaragi that day and clearly he was really upset with the news. So he probably knew then that the likelihood of Kazaragi not playing again, you know, that season was already sort of like, you know, known to the club. Um, so the players had prearranged whoever scored the first goal, they'd run over to the bench and get Kazaragi's shirt and hold it up for everybody. Yeah, because he was a very popular player in the short Ab- time. Of the Absolutely, he was very. You could tell that, but there was a great deal of love for him, wasn't there, Kazaragi? Yeah. Yeah. And we and we never we never saw him fulfil his potential. And, and, and it's an interesting one, Kazaragi, because um, he probably was bought. And I agree, you know, Hughes went a year too early, but he was probably bought or perceived as a replacement for Mark Hughes. And and he was five years younger. He was an Italian international, but Kazaragi was never a, like we talk about flow. Kazaragi was never a goal scorer. You know. You know, he, he was a sort of like a centre forward that held the play up and brought other players in. And his goal ratio, at, you know, Juve, Lazio was one in four, which is not a sort of centre forward role. No, no. So he wasn't bought to sort of be the 25, 30 goal a year striker. So I, so that it's, it's still a bit of a strange one. So who was going to get the goal for Chelsea? Zola. Was Viali's viewpoint the midfield would get the goal? Well, Zola. Players, Poirier, Zola, and Toriandu flow. But I think, I think that Mark, I think that was the point. I think yeah. it was to feed Zola because be the fall, the fall for Zola, and actually big, in this big guy, game, big guy, little guy. Yeah, but in this game, obviously Zola is the one. Yeah, so clearly he was friends with Kazaragi from the national team. Yeah, and a teammate for Chelsea who runs over and does that gesture. But Zola starts the ball running, and actually, I think I said in the notes, I thought this was our best performance of the season. Because Wimbledon were a pain in the ass to play back. Then. Always, still always. And we beat them out of sight. You know, we beat beat them three 0 It could have been more. And there's three very good goals there from Zola, Poirier, and Petrescu. And as you say, James put the video up on Twitter. You know, three really good goals, really good performance. And Petrescu back in the side as well. Love, love Dan Petrescu. Um, oh, you and me both, wonderful player. But this is, I didn't get it once again. I didn't get why he didn't play more often. We don't know what goes on on the training ground in these instances, but I, I found that it said on the video that he was going to be sold and he refused to go. And I'd have thought that was why, why were they willing to get rid of such a terrific player who then carried on playing terrifically for the rest of the season? I, I'm, I'm, I get you get bewildered by what's going on in the training pitch on these occasions. You know? I think at the time there was tension between Viali and Petrescu. Uh, and that, as we move into the following season, 99-2000 and Viali's departure, more, more comes to a head, shall we say. And I think in the end of season video, Petrescu does mention of that, that the club were looking to sell him. Yeah, yeah very odd, isn't it? But you're right, it's kind of a, an early hint that, uh, you know, all is not well and that maybe Luca's man management skills are not quite at it. Um, that We wrap up that month, basically we go up to Leicester, to Filbert Street, win 4-2, uh, this is another good performance, I think. But uh, Zola scores two goals, uh, Flo gets one, and Poye gets one. And uh, Muzzy is it, uh, formerly of this parish, scores on forty minutes, and uh, some bloke called uh, Steve Guppy scores one on sixty minutes. Oh, oh, oh. More, more, more of him later. Exactly oh. that. Uh, and oh. then we we play Sheffield Wednesday at home, and we draw one all. And we get another Zola goal. So he's on fire, his little Franco. But uh, I think this is arguably one of his... I think this is arguably his best season for the club, actually. Although, I mean, every season was, was his best season, you could argue, because he was just such a wonderful player. But uh, he certainly scored a lot of goals this season. Uh, into December, and we're into the uh, round five of the uh, the Worthington Cup, Mark. What the hell happened here? I mean, you said that Wimbledon are, 
uh, are very awkward and we actually do lose, don't we, 2-1. How on earth did we lose to this side? Please explain. I don't know. I was there. I really don't know. We were awful. You know, we just played them a couple of weeks earlier, produced our best performance of the season. Uh, and yeah. I think I think that they were very good at disrupting Wimbledon at this time. They were very good at at um, um, who was the manager at the time? I can't remember. Joe Kinnear. Um, of course, it was Kinnear. Yeah, because um, that chap Hughes, I think, who scored a penalty was. Um, you would look at him and you think he wasn't great shakes and yet he always put it about. He was always in and out. They had Gale, they had Earl, who were who were very good players. They played heavily to their strengths and they got very stuck in. There was a pattern that they played. And I I, I saw them a lot um, because I was, I was, um, um, uh, I'd been living in, I, when I worked for LBC, LBC had a hospitality lounge there and they uh, they'd say oh, we've got a spare for for Wimbledon Would you want to come and see it this week and I go oh yeah oh, thank you very much indeed I'd love to so I'd trip down to palace and watch not, them not many takers <laughs> then usually were they? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right that's exactly right there's hardly anybody in there at all in their box it was just me um but uh, uh no I take I'd take friends actually I'd say do you want to come down and watch Wimbledon a number of people who'd go no. oh god no I don't <laughs> want to go there no. that's right that's exactly right but but um um you could see they had a way of playing which was this is this is um um why i felt you know the season before when we when we beat them in the semi-final was such a good good result because um they they could they could do this to you you really had to be at your best they could disrupt you they could stop you from playing they were on top of you they were they were it's almost like it's it's almost a um a premier league performance now it's um it's players who defend in numbers, um, break, kick the ball upfield, uh, um, second ball um, uh, on top of your best player. Uh, they were a, they were a, a fit side and they they did the business and it, they kept they maintained this standard. And I, I was always I always thought this is never a pushover. This game they're always going to come up with something. And I, I was um, unfortunately uh, correct. I remember saying this isn't easy. This even though we've beaten them already three 0 and we're a very good side, and it, think, so it was proven. Yeah, I think the frustrating thing from my point of view, of the, the, this one as well, I thought we'd left that behind as well because you know we played them in the cup in '95-'6, we played them in '96-'7, we're just beating them. We, were, you know, they were becoming less and less our bogey team where they had been sort of like you know in years gone by when they'd come to the bridge and put four passes. Yeah, yeah. true, true, yeah. true. So yeah, having just beaten them, you sort of think, well, hang on a minute, Wimbledon away, take that as an FA Cup game. Sellers Park was always a good trip to go down. It was it was a proper cup tie. There was, there was twenty thousand there that night. Yeah, you know? and yet yeah, the same thing happens with 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 Leicester. You know, you thought we've we've done them easily. You know, it's yeah. it's teams teams suss you out slightly. Teams decide to stop somebody from playing. You haven't got the same selection of, of players you had before. You know, I I'm 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 always wary of uh, of of thinking we've put that kind of thing behind us. You know, because you just have to, you know, watch. Watch the other day when we... Uh, oh, it's a, che- it's a Chelsea thing, JK. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely a Chelsea thing. Um, so there we go. Uh, next up, we have an away uh, game against Everton. Uh, it's a nil-nil draw. Dennis Wise gets sent off again. Uh, and so, so does Richard Dunn. I think they were both for, for two yellow cards, weren't they? I don't think he two-footed anybody this match, did he, Mark? Two yellows, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we then play Villa. Now, the, the thing about the Villa match at home on uh, Wednesday, the 9th of December is this is actually a top-of-the-table clash. Villa were top. We were second, I believe. 
Um, or were we? I'm going to check this. If I go back to the previous match, I can tell you what the table was. Well, actually, Villa were top on 30 points, and we were actually one, two, three, four. We were sixths by the looks of it. So it wasn't it wasn't top of the table. Well, it kind of was, but I mean, you know, you get my drift. Villa were top at the time, so we were trying to hunt them down, and uh, we won two one, and as a result, we climbed up to third. So we were only two points behind Villa on 30, and one behind United on 29. Dirty leads are in fourth, by the way, just to let you know. Um, so it was a, it was really good to beat them, obviously for obvious reasons. And guess what? You know what I said earlier on, Mark, about coming up with late winners. Happens yep. again. Flow on ninety. Yep. No, no, no. Another late go. And I think the other thing is, although it took it up to third, we've got a game in hand on everybody, because obviously when we played Real Madrid in the Super Cup, um, that was a normal Premier League weekend. You know, so from the start of the season, our, our league table, you know, was one game less each time, and we didn't catch up till I think till Christmas. I think when we played Man United. Yeah. 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 So actually, you know. We're only now two points behind Villa, but we've got a game in hand. We have indeed. I make a point about the fans were still in the East Stand lower at that stage. Yeah, definitely. They were. They were for years. <laughs> they were for years still. Yeah. Because all the, the the Villa Mourinho players came over to the East Stand. Yeah, it was Mourinho that shifted them. Mourinho. Mourinho shifted them. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he felt that they were influencing the referee. He may well have been right. Um, Okay, so there we go. Villa 2-1. We then played Derby. That's a draw, 2 all. Uh, another flow goal, another Poyer goal. Interestingly enough, Sturridge, uh, not that Sturridge, the other Sturridge, he uh, equalises for them in the last minute, which is a bit of a blow. JK? Um, an opportunity missed because we would have been... Uh, once again, you look back at the season, the, the, giving the goal away in the last minute, um, appalling. Um, and uh, um, Morris and Lambourd playing. You know, once again, rotation bemused. Is this what's this about? Uh, I know Morris is in for Wise because Wise has been suspended. And no, no, is, Wise yeah. played against Derby. He played against Derby. Oh, okay. Well, then why was Morris playing? Where was where was Di Matteo? Did he Mark, play in that? Mark Nichols came on for Zola, and he came on as well. Oh, eighty nine minutes to be fair, oh, and, then, right. and then we conceded a goal. And Lambourd play, played, and I. Uh, you didn't like Lambourd. I didn't think he was up to the standard of the rest. I don't, you know, he's looking at players, you think, then, you know, we've got a really, really, we're, we're, we're aspiring for every player to be world-class. Not that this, this was pre champions league, but you've got a team. You think he's a top player. He's a top player. Why is he playing? Well, he's not a top player. I tell you what, I tell you what really strikes me about this match. How come Roberto Di Matteo is an unused sub? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's telling. Somebody, so somebody example, of Robbie's class. How come? How come? Um, uh, Morris. How come Morris is playing in in his place? I mean, I not to, not to diminish Morris, who is um, uh, was always competitive, but we're not comparing Di Matteo and Morris. Surely, I yeah. don't. You know. It is. It is a bit odd. I I think maybe the the answer to that lies. I was going to say lies where Derby were in the in the in the table, but actually Derby were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They're ninth. So. It's not like it was going to be a pushover, so it's very odd. I mean, what I would say, I mean, you know, we're talking about squad rotation. Uh, we're, 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 well, I mean, we're out of the League Cup. We're still in the Cup Winners' Cup. We played this on the Saturday, and then uh, on the Wednesday, we're playing Man United away. So maybe he had one eye on that. And actually, the, the team against United, well, I mean, I, I would, is it is it our strongest team? I don't know. I mean, instantly, Desai's not playing. Was he injured or something? Because you've got Ed DeHoy, Dan Petrescu, Celestine Babiaro, Dennis Wise, Dubes, Lasso, 
Poirier came on for Lasseau, Demateo, Albert Ferrer, Tori Andrew Flo, Bernard Lambord and Zola. So it's not, I mean, it's, it's, it's not far off our strongest team, but I wouldn't say it was our strongest team. Um, but the, you look at the bench, right? Uh, Goldbeck, Hitchcock, Nichols and Morris. So, you know, are we suffering from, a, I mean, we've got a few injuries going on here. Where's Desai? Where's LeBeuf? Very odd. Anybody, any ideas? Answers on a postcard, please. Rotation. But not even think... to be on the bench. No Lola Burf or Desai. It's very odd, I think. Perhaps, you know, yeah, but I agree completely. This is why I'm, I was bewildered with the selection for the season. Yeah, very odd. Anyway, uh, we drew one all because, as we all know, I mean, uh, we're very good at playing Man United in this particular era. Uh, um and Andrew Cole scored on 45 minutes and uh, Zola equalised on 83, another good goal. Uh, just a quick note here. Rodders, uh, David Lee was transferred to Bristol Rovers for free on the 18th of December 1998. And then uh, we play our old enemies, Tottenham Hotspurs, on the 19th of December. Uh, now we go into this match in third, I believe. Yes, we're still third uh, behind United and Villa. Uh, so we're playing Tottenham and... Uh, what a what a fun match this was, Mark. As always, as always, the run continued, uh, but not just the run continued. The run continues with us ending up top of the league at the end of the day with two late goals, cracking goal from Poirier from the edge of the area, and then Flo scoring from a diving header from a damn protesting cross. Uh, George Graham by now is manager of Tottenham, um, so he's going to bore the arse off Tottenham while he's manager there. <laughs> we went top of the league for the first time since nineteen eighty nine. It was the last game before Christmas. Uh, great atmosphere in the ground, you know, not just because we beat Tottenham, we, we'd gone top of the league. Uh, and I, to, I say, at, at this point in the season, Poirier is on fire. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, absolutely. He's Phenomenal. Season. Yeah. Phenomenal performer at this time. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely yeah. agree. Superb. Utterly, in every sense, always get, getting in late for headers. Brilliant header of the ball. Brilliant skill at volleying. Um, brilliant... Um, uh, just energy, non-stop. Um, and, uh, people who weren't alive then to watch him, you missed something there. Wow, what a player. Great player this, is Great. His, this is his purple patch at Chelsea. And, yes. And, yeah, first 21 games, 11 goals, playing out of his skin. Out of his skin. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And, and and we're top of the league going into the Christmas period. Yeah. And again, history shows, you know, many times down the years, a team that was top at Christmas go on to win the league. So I would say you, you're moving into the Christmas period. I would say optimism sky high. Well, it was for me. I mean, not least, beat. you know, we always love to beat Tottenham. And even then you were aware that, you know, there was there was more at stake than just beating, you know, our traditional rivals. You know, we knew that we 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 hadn't lost to them for years, even at this stage. So there was that involved. So to to to, but to beat them, always great fun. And to make and and beat them and to go top was special. And I, I, I there were there were there were warm things, uh, you know, developing in my cockles. I think is the expression, isn't it, J.K.? Where do you keep your cockles, Chinch? Well, where was it? What is it? The, 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 I can't remember your the phrase heart. now. Your heart, the cockles of your heart. That's it, the cockles of my heart. That's where the warm things were. Thanks for reminding me. For a minute, I thought they were they were the things that Phil Babbard lost. Yes. You know, <laughs> I was worried they might. They be, might like, have been. But I yeah. was, I mean, like you, Mark, I was feeling really positive. Exactly that. You know, the team that's top at Christmas. You know, historically goes on to win the league. And I'm thinking, fuck me, we could do it, you know. I was really, really positive. And then, of course, it all comes crashing down the next match. Not because we lost. Uh, we, we went down to the Dell um, on the 26th of December on Boxing Day. Uh, a pretty routine 2-0 uh, win. 
but guess what? Exactly the same scorers as in the in the Spurs match. Poye scored on 80 and Flo on 90 against Spurs. Flo scored on 20 and Poye scored on 48 against Saints. So we win 2-0. But annoying or I'm not it's not even annoying. I mean it was just appalling. Uh Colletaire, who was uh, known as a bit of a hatchet man apparently. I mean it was a disgusting two-footed. He just two-foots his knee. It was awful. And Poirier goes off injured with uh, damaged knee, uh, knee ligaments. In fact, he's out for three months because he has to have surgery on the damaged knee ligaments. So that puts uh, a complete dampener on what had been uh, a good few days, really. Uh, Terry came on to replace him, interestingly enough. It, it changes the season, this change. Well, I think so. Problem. And we'll, we'll reflect on that towards the end because, you know, yeah. let, let's get keep with the chronology also, right he only, now. Got, he only got a yellow card. I know. Who was the referee? Who was the referee? Ellery. Got it in one. Yep. Wow. Yep. The yep. twat on the hill again. The Harrow schoolmaster. Absolutely. He hates. JT came on though. JT Sorry. came on for for Poya. Yeah. I mean, Ellery hates Chelsea. There's no question about it. So there you go. So that was a dampener. Then we got the New Year fixture, the last fixture of the season. Because funnily enough, we'd only played them a few days before. We get Man United at home this time. Um, it was a nil-nil draw. Were I, I presume were you, were you both there? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Interesting on the video. In the video, it says Manu versus CFC. They got it the wrong way around. Mm. Rather than CFC versus Manu. I just thought I'd point that out if anybody watching it. But yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Um, all, all of these games were always uh, tense. I found any Man United game, um, particularly at home, bizarrely more likely to win away most of the time. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I, I think. Um, uh, Flo missed, a goal, missed one he normally would have scored, didn't he? And then Zola should have scored. In fact, we had some very good chances in that game and should have come away winners. Didn't um, Isn't that the match where uh, I could get? I could have this completely wrong because I could... Uh, I, I'm, no, it's not because Wise wasn't playing. No, that's another match I'm thinking of. But anyway, yeah, it was a bit disappointing to draw. I think we had the edge on, on the you know, slightly in that match. But uh, again, it was a kind of a top-of-the-table match we were in uh second or first going into that weren't we and uh uh actually yeah and they were third stayed, stayed second well we still villa was still i mean i mean i'm just trying we're to look at the, ma- the match right. before we were still top right when we beat saints we were top 36 points villa second 36 points united third 34 points right so we went into it on top and uh, we ended up being second because obviously villa won whoever they played don't know who they played but anyway uh, yeah, they ended up top 39 points. We were on 37, United were on 35. So uh, there we go. So that closes out uh, 1998. Uh, and then we have the rest of the season to come. But before we do that, we're going to have a quick break. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.